While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow, but I'm joined by uh, I got. I mean, I got a lot of guests today. Actually, uh, at eight, we'll have City Council President Ian Abreu for the Council post game, uh, provided that it gets out in time. Uh, Eight thirty, Lieutenant Governor, uh, Democratic Lieutenant Governor nominee Kim Driscoll joins us. You know, they had the governor debate last night. Definitely going to get her thoughts on that. Uh, but now I'm joined uh, by Paul Chase of Rail to Boston. Uh, Paul, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. So people might know you as a, a, a candidate for city council, president of the local Realtors Association, but you've also been involved in the last few years in this Rail to Boston effort. Can you tell us a little bit uh, about it? Sure. So uh, we started the Realtor Coalition, uh, the Realtor Boston Coalition, about 10 years ago. Um, it was an idea brought between uh, the Realtor Association and the Chamber of Commerce, and we kind of expanded over the years. Uh, we've included some of the um, Economic Development Councils. There's a, a few other uh, pri private uh, partnerships as well, some, some different members uh, on the uh, coalition but by and large, it's been the last 10 years, and we, we like many people before us, uh, simply put together a coalition to push for rail, rail service back to uh, New Bedford, Fall River, and Taunton, the south coast. And um, in the beginning, uh, when we needed it, we, you know, we hired lobbyists, we went up to Beacon Hill, we, you know, testified on Beacon Hill, we met with uh, the Baker administration several times, a lot of the legislative delegation meetings, and you know, we just pushed really hard as, as hard as we could, and um, it, the timing just worked out. You yeah. know, I mean, it, they've been asking for 30 years, and the timing worked out, and the coalition was happy to be a part of that. We're speaking with Paul Chase uh, of uh, the Rail to Boston Coalition. So we're also taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Now, we're here to talk about question five. So most most cities and towns in the Commonwealth have four ballot questions. Uh, New Bedford has question five, which is um, electing to whether or not to be an MBTA district. Uh, but f um, why do you think, and I'm assuming, of course, that you want to, you want the people of New Bedford and you as a New Bedford resident will be voting in the affirmative to um, make M the New Bedford an MBTA district. Why do you think that should be? Well, I mean, it comes down to as simple as if uh, if we don't become an MBTA community, then um, we can't have stops uh, for the real service. And we have two proposed stops ready to go. Um, construction is three quarters of the way through. And if we vote yes, this will be, you know, reality come next year, according to everything we've seen and heard. Uh, it's still, um, you know, still in line to happen. So it's uh it's important for the residents of this area especially the city of new bedford um to have this opportunity um so where were the two stops the stops are church street and the wheels tooth which is um where the ferry over, parking is over by downtown yeah, yeah. um 
and you said that the people of New Bedford should have this opportunity. Why? Well, uh, so this is a reestablishment of rail. We had rail a long time ago. Uh, it was taken away, and uh, we in this city, along with Fall River and Taunton, are the only major cities 50 miles of Boston that don't have commuter rail. Uh, and like I often tell people, there's a lot of good that comes out of rail. Um, you know, there's uh, employment opportunities. There's opportunities for kids um, in college. Uh, we have great colleges down here. We have a good South Coast health system down here, but there are other opportunities for people. And there are a lot of people that don't have reliable transportation to get to those opportunities. So to have that available for the residents of the city, uh, I think are important. And then you've got tourism, which, you know, comes back to us as well. Um, people coming from Boston down here uh, to spend a day down here. In the last 10 years, I'll tell you, in the last 10 years, I've heard so many stories of people both going uh, going both ways. People, um, I've, I, just, just one example. So about seven years ago, I had a young lady come up to me. She was finishing up high school and she said, you know, I wish we had the rail right now. I had an opportunity to be an intern at MIT and I turned it down. I have no I have no transportation to get up there. Wow. I would have I would have taken that transportation. Yeah. And you know, it's it's stories like that that you hear that that make you realize there are opportunities out there for people if they had them. Yeah, um you know, I was talking to a couple couple weeks ago we had Mike Rodericks on the Senate Chairman of Ways and Means. He said he had someone on his staff uh who um, lives in Boston uh, with their partner, but it's cost prohibitive at the moment. And so they're looking for other places, you know, to live in other places to work. And he said, well, why don't you move to Fall River? Uh, it's, you know, a lot cheaper. You know, it's it's an hour commute to Boston. She goes, I'm not going to do that because, I, you know, it's, it takes, you know, two and a half, three hours every every morning just to get into the city. And so then he said, well, we'll get the rail. He goes, if you get the rail, I'll move to Fall River. I'll, you know, I'll stay on your staff. So it really is precluding the the lack of the lack of transportation the lack of rail trans, uh, transport and the bottlenecking at route 24 uh is really um keeping people from economic opportunity sure absolutely and you know it's 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 job opportunity but like i said it's also college opportunity bridgewater state college umass boston those are stops along the line yeah. so it's all the way up route 24 um health opportunity there there are folks that need um you know, healthcare in Boston that can't yeah. get certain treatments down here, but don't have reliable transportation or people that need to visit people that are in the hospital up there that can't get up there. So there's that, there's that as well. I actually, um, when I, I commuted to Bridgewater for undergrad. And so I used to have earlier classes. I used to like to have earlier classes so I could get out earlier. Um, but the commute up 24 in the morning was, right. was, was awful. It was rancid. I'd have to, and I'd often be late for class. And so my professors wouldn't like me that much, even though I was a great student, <laughs> my professor wouldn't like me that much. So I had to, I guess I could have woken up at five in the morning and gone a little bit earlier, but I'm not going to do that. So I actually changed my schedule around the commute so that I could leave later. But yep. if I had the train, I think, I mean, it's kind of a dramatic example, but I might've been open to a bit more curriculum uh, than I would have otherwise. So I think the point about not just about the job opportunities, but the educational opportunities uh, uh, being available with the train is, is really important too. Yes. 
Yep, I agree. And you could even do some of the schoolwork on the train. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so we're speaking with Paul Chase. Uh, he is uh, of uh, the Rail to Boston Coalition. We're also taking your calls if you have a question at 508-996-0500. Why? So you've been involved in this, you said, for 10 years, right? Right. Um, you've testified on Beacon Hill, yeah. right? This, uh, we you know, every, Baker, you know, was against it when he was running in 2010. He lost, so he now he's, he became for it. And then he really moved to breakneck speed to make it happen. Um, you know, we've got all this funding, you know, uh, Chairman Strauss of the Transportation Committee got, you know, all this funding through. We've got all the money earmarked. The, the tracks are being laid. Uh, but now we're finding out in the 11th hour that there is this ballot question. Why? Mm-hmm. Why, do you know why people were just finding out about this now? So I have not, like everybody else, have not been able to get a definitive answer on that. Um, I, you know, does it come down to municipality? Does it come down to MBTA? I mean, I, I, it's hard to draw conclusions. I do know Fall River is in the same situation. Yeah. So I don't know that it's it's on the municipality end, uh, but I don't know. I do not know the background information. The only thing I can surmise, and again, this is just my my personal opinion, is perhaps maybe it had something to do with where this was reestablishment of rail. At one point, there was no, they didn't think there was a need to have to have this vote, but that I'm not sure of them. And, and I haven't been able to get a definitive answer from anyone. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. No one's been able to figure out why this ballot question just, you know, had to appear on the ballot and why nobody knew about it until just now. But uh, it does, pre- I think, present a tremendous amount of ri- risk for this decades-long project if if people, if you get a particularly, I don't know, cantankerous group of voters. So um, the one thing, one of the things people are concerned about is uh, cost. Is it going to cost anything? Right. So... Uh this vote will allow us to join the MBTA community, and with that comes transportation, regional transportation assessment. But um, and it is my understanding, and um, you know, it, it's been it been verified that um, the MBTA it, it charges a regional assessment for New Bedford um, somewhere around six hundred thousand dollars. Okay, uh, but we already pay around one point three. I might be a little off, but about one point three million. Because of SRTA, the the bus system, the regional bus system, and MBTA credits the money that we pay into the regional bus system towards the MBTA. Therefore, the six hundred thousand is far less than the one point three million that we already pay into regional transportation. So not only is that taken care of, so there's no additional assessment made to the city, but you can see the gap between the two. Even if the MBTA reassessed down the road, and of course. We don't have a crystal ball. Who knows what's going to happen 10 or 20 years down the road, yeah. right? But even in the near future, if they reassessed or we gained in population, it, it's still outweigh, far outweighs what we're already paying in. So, I, you know, we just don't see that there's there's any any additional assessment that the city is going to have. Is it a concern for CERTA uh, that there's going to be a divestment from uh, them into the MBTA or into the rail service? Um, and thus cutting services for SERTA? So I I can't speak to that because I don't know enough about the uh, the SRTA system. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that um, there, you know, that I'm not sure about. I, I, I would hope that there wouldn't be a, 
a decrease in services from SRTA, and I, I don't think that that's how it would work. I just think that the MBTA credits, in other words, I don't think money moves out of move SRTA. Out of it. I think just... they just credit part of the, uh, the money we pay into the regional transit system. Okay. Yeah, it would definitely be a question for SITA, though. Yeah. So um, we're speaking with Paul Chase of Rail to Boston. We're talking about uh, question five that's on the Massachusetts ballot and why you should vote for it. Uh, let's take a break, actually, sure. and then we'll be back. Okay. Yeah. Chris McCarthy will be back uh, tomorrow on Friday, but tonight uh, we are we are still joined um, by Paul Chase of Rail to Boston. So there are, you know, other than the concerns about the MBTA ballot question, which, you know, we both agree, and I think a lot of people agree is an easy yes vote, uh, considering all the investment that's come here. But there's a lot of concerns about South Coast Rail, right? And maybe some right. of the maybe some of the growth that it would that it would bring to the community is not something that would be welcoming for residents of New Bedford. I'm talking, of course, about um, the issue of gentrification. You know, will New Bedford uh, not become will will New Bedford become uninhabitable by New Bedford residents if the train comes? So um, what I what what I'll say is there is a lot of anecdotal information out there, and a lot of you know a lot of folks with a lot of opinions on this, but. Um, we deal in facts and mm -hmm. the facts are that, you know, when the, when the train went to Brockton or when the train went to Attleboro, we, you know, there were no serious spikes in, in, in costs of living. Okay. Um, you know, right now we're in inflationary times and cost of living is high to begin with, with or without the rail. Yeah. Um, things like, um, housing and rental inc um, you know, uh, rents, uh, that to me is a product of housing inventory, which is a obviously a topic for a different day but completely separate conversation yeah, yeah but you know housing inventory is a real problem not mm -hmm. only around here but all over the state of massachusetts yeah. it that that doesn't have to do with rail it's an issue of supply and demand it sure it absolutely is so well speaking of that um definitely a seller's market now but people are concerned that their property taxes are going to go up exponentially new bedford has probably the highest property taxes in this immediate area, in the greater New Bedford area, New Bedford definitely has the highest property taxes. So, um, you know, is there a concern about people's property taxes going up uh, uh, in uh, exponentially because of South Coast Rail? Uh, not that I'm aware of. So property taxes, you know, they go, they go up. They go up every year. I've been paying property, you know, higher property taxes every year. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to trying to tie that to rail... Here, here's the thing. When it comes to property taxes in the city, um, you're taxed on your assessed value, not your market value. So if the market goes up uh, for your property, you decide to sell it in five years and there's a bump in, in the property value because of rail. And by the way, that's, you know, within a certain distance too. you know, yeah. the greater value. Uh, that doesn't mean your taxes go up because of that market value. You're, you're taxed on your assessed value, not your market value. So in other words, like for me, the market value of my house could be almost $200,000 more than what I'm actually paying taxes on. Yeah. So the, so what's, uh, so, so can you explain for people like the difference between the assessed market market, uh, the assessed value and the market value? So market value is, uh, when you go to sell a house, like you said, supply and demand, right? Yeah. Right now we're in a seller's market. So, um, I can get a lot more from my house, uh, right now if I sell it, uh, it'll probably be that way for several years to come because we don't have inventory. Um, but 
what I'm taxed on is the assessed value, which is the structure of the, of, of the building, uh, the contents, um, you know, how much land I have, if it's renovated. Believe it or not, there's more of a concern of renovating your house and being taxed more because you're putting improvements into your property than yeah. you are on the market value side of, of rail. So uh, that's, that's how assessed taxes work. Um, it's, it's not because... You know, it's not because I, I, I can sell it for more. So we're speaking with Paul Chase of, uh, of Rail to Boston. Um, what, is some, what are some of the other concerns people have with South Coast Rail, and why do you think they're not concerns? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the ones I've heard the most are, are the property values, uh, the gentrification. Um, and I just feel like, you know, again, we're, we're living in a time where um, everything's costing more money, and... All the more reason, if you ask me, to have an opportunity for rail, mm-hmm. right? If 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 it's costing us more money, then let's provide our residents with opportunities uh, to make more money. Yes, and some of that can be done in the city, but some of that can't be done in the city. So you know, provide more opportunity outside of the city, and that doesn't always mean Boston, but that's the entire Route Twenty Four corridor. I mean, there are people. Uh, there are tradespeople that can jump on the rail and, and do in Lakeville to go up to Brockton or go up to Braintree, right? They don't necessarily go all the way into Boston. So there's per, there's opportunity all the way up Route 24. And I think we need to provide our, our residents with that kind of opportunity, whether it be in the city or outside of the city. And then the other thing is we have reverse opportunity. So, you know, we're talking about bringing major employers into the city, um, you know, in the Areas of the business park, uh, potentially the new, uh, the new park of the golf course. Campus. Sure, and and then you've got you know when we're talking about um, ag- again, you know these employers are going to want workers, and they're going to want, and it's great to hire from New Bedford, and we should hire from New Bedford. But the reality is, not every employer is going to be able to hire every employee from New Bedford. Yeah. So if we have that kind of back and forth, we have some going up towards Boston. There are some living, you know, up the Route 24 corridor that come down here to work every day. You know, it's it's interstate commerce, and it's and it's it's good for everybody. People are concerned about the MBTA uh, just as an institution. Um, it's, uh, you know, everybody talks about the orange line, um, but there's been some real structural issues with the MBTA. Um, how do you think that's going to affect the rail service when it comes uh, next year? Well, I'm hopeful that with all the the money they're putting into the construction and the reestablishment, that that's going to help at least this commuter rail line, you know, mm-hmm. to be, to run a little bit more efficiently. Um, I, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was on a, a chat last night with uh, Councillor Brego who made a, a very good point because he used to take the commuter rail and he also used to, uh, he used to take the subway system when he was in Boston. Okay. And he said, there's a big difference between the subway system and the commuter rail system. And I, th- I, I agree, I wholeheartedly agree with him. The subway system it has has a lot of uh, has a lot of needs. Yeah. The commuter rail service is a little bit different. It's you know it's a little newer, especially the one down here. Um, we're getting, from my understanding, we're getting all new cars uh, that that have been ordered. So we're talking about new cars, uh, upgraded rail. Um, so I don't suspect we will have those lingering problems that that we see oh, in the Boston area. Okay, that's interesting. You're saying that the 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 
we're obviously going to get new rail because right because they're building it but there's going to be new train cars as well that's my understanding that they're purchasing new cars uh double decker cars for the uh south coast rail so um another concern people have are is the route um it is a 90 minute route um there was the other phase two i think well, it's, this is phase one, right? Right. And this is the, the route that's basically, my understanding is, an extension of the Middleborough line. Can you explain that? Correct. So going back, again, about 10 years, um, there was talk about one rail system. It was going to be electrified. It was mm-hmm. going to come through Stoughton uh, and then down to Taunton and break off. Um it was going to cost about $3 billion to do. And at the time, Baker said, you know, I really want to bring South Coast Rail back to the area, but we just don't have $3 billion. So, you know, credit to the Baker administration, uh, to Representative Strauss, the you know transportation chair, and a lot of our legislative delegation and uh, a lot of other folks. Uh, what we were able to come up with was an extension of the Middleborough-Lakeville line down here. Um, granted, it's diesel, it's not electrified, but at the cost of $1 billion versus $3 billion. So that was able to make it reality. So what happened, they decided to do was a phase one and phase two. What was originally supposed to be Stoughton down here, electrified, has now become phase two of the project. And that doesn't have, you know, that has a a longer term uh, commitment to it. Uh, But right now they're focused on phase one, which Mm -hmm. is diesel engine. Uh, granted, you know, not as uh, not as environmentally friendly. However, when you factor in taking all the cars yes, off the road, exactly. it, is, it is still much better. Yeah. Um, and so the phase one approach goes through Middleborough, Lakeville to Taunton and then splits to Fall River and then to New Bedford. I wrote a column on traffic congestion like four years ago. Uh, and I want to say it's costing uh, commuters about three grand in wages lost wages per year actually to to um to to make the commute uh in in uh in up to uh up to boston by uh by driving uh, because of boston's i think the highest uh level of traffic congestion uh in the entire country right there might they might it might there might be another state uh maybe new york or dc but i think boston's the, actually the highest so. it, it's there's a definite choke point there mm-hmm. and and the department of transportation has said that we've gone back to pre-pandemic levels so you know despite the fact that everybody's working from home uh more and more folks are, are being required to at least go back a few days a week uh, mm-hmm. and if you if you drive up to boston you see it my son works in boston i yeah, he goes a couple times a week. I just asked him the other day, how long did it take you in the morning? Two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, it's still only a 90-minute commute on the rail. And that's the other thing I'd like to address. You know, people say, well, you know, who's going who's gonna to take a rail for 90 minutes? Well, first of all, rail's been going from Worcester to Boston for years. And guess yes. what? Those cars are packed. Yeah. That's a 90-minute commute. Yeah. People, people that haven't had rail in a long time don't understand that a 90-minute commute on a, on a commuter rail is, is not a, a, a large period of time. First of all, we're finding uh, more and more in the larger metropolitan areas, Chicago, Washington, D.C., um, that some of these companies are now starting to build in commuter time into their, into their workday. So you have an eight-hour shift but you only have to work seven hours in the office because you have commuter rail and you're allowed to do work 
on the way up and on the way back. So you've got that offset that's starting to happen with some of these companies. That's interesting. Yeah, we, we, we've seen that for a while, um, you know, in different major companies in, in the larger metro areas. So that's that's one opportunity. And then the other opportunity is just the fact, again, a 90-minute ride, typically, it you know, it's an hour and a half from here to Boston if all things are, are even yeah. on a non-commute time period. Yeah. Commute time period, it's all out the window. And then if there's an accident or, God forbid, you know, a little bit of rain or snow, it's it's even worse. So 90 minutes is not is not a long commute time. Yeah, you can – I mean, if you're – I used to – you know, when I was practicing, I, I had a couple cases in up in Middlesex County uh, courthouse, and I had some at the that massive courthouse in Boston that gave me a lot of anxiety. Oh my God, it was so big. There's so many people. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just kidding. But but uh, but um, I used to. It used to take. I would never, tr- I'd never get there on time, you know, cause I'd be like, okay, I'll leave early. I, you know, court starts at nine o'clock. Okay. I'll leave at six. That was never, that was never early enough really to, to get there, to park, do all that stuff. You don't have to worry about parking. If right. you, if you, uh, if you commute up to Boston, you yeah. can get there, you can either take the subway service or walk to wherever you're going, or maybe even take a cab service. Sure. Um, I, the, and not only that, like you said, you get to work, you can just sit there, you can watch, uh, show on your on your laptop if you don't want to work you can sleep right i mean uh, you know in terms of who would want to take a 90 minute commute to boston on the train i think a lot of people i think actually honestly there's there's times that you know i'd like to go to boston for something but i don't want to drive it's right. it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty awful commute so sorry yeah. what we're gonna say no and, and and there are more studies uh, out there that are showing that um the next generation that that's what they want they want walkable bikeable commuter friendly communities yeah. and um it's it's up to uh the cities and the state to provide that and so i think that next generation is going to look for that even more that buzzword um Micro mobility. That's that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, when you when you try to make your cities or towns um, more uh, more navigable uh, by bike or e bike or or even by foot. I think that's the I think that's the term micro mobility. So um, there is a bus service to Boston, right? right uh, that people take. What's the difference between the bus service and the rail service? Well, I mean, the bus service you are still uh, stuck with with the highway system granted they they take the hov lane so yeah you know that gives them a little bit of an opportunity but again you're experiencing things like uh weather conditions and accidents and you know and and the bus service only holds so many people again the the commuter rail actually i think there's there's almost 350 parking spots slated for church street and around 300 for the whales tooth that that's a lot of opportunity for people to commute up and back and not just during commute peak commute times but other times of the day as well. Yeah. I mean, the bus service just simply doesn't have that kind of you know, capacity. Um, and again, you're still on a highway. So uh, all things considered, I would prefer to take a rail. Of course, I'm a little more biased, but um, yeah. it's great. Again, we talk about opportunity. It's great to have different opportunities. So there is a bus service and there's a need for that, but there's also a need for the rail. So you you live in New Bedford. You you work mostly in New Bedford, right? I do. What um what inspired you to get on the Rail to Boston movement ten years ago? Uh, so as uh, as the um, CEO for the Realtor Association of Southeastern Massachusetts, uh, we do a lot of work with um, 
um, housing and work-related housing and, you know, how do we find ways to build walkable communities and uh, bring more real estate into the fold. And, you know, that's how we started with this. We started with looking at um, how we needed more commuter-friendly opportunities uh, for our uh, for, for the folks that purchase real estate down here. Uh, and it kind of grew from there. And I, you know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to partner with the uh, Chamber of Commerce, who has been such a partner with us, and uh, really grow to understand the real system and understand the needs beyond real estate, yeah. uh, the needs for rail in this area. Have you spoken with anyone... Uh, in elected office that is against the MBTA vote? No. Nobody nobody that is against it. I mean, there are a few people, I think, that are uh, still kind of reserving their opinion or, you know, they, they're kind of on the fence. Who's on um, the fence? Yeah, I don't, I'd prefer not to say that. I'd prefer not to say that, but, um, you know, I think, Um, but you know what, I, I give them, I give them credit for wanting to do their due diligence, right? And that's what, and that's what people are doing and everybody should do that. So I had, when I, I had Mayor Mitchell on and, um, he, he's, he's been, I, I don't want to say pessimistic about the opportunities that the train, the train would bring, but his, his big, um, his one of his the key points he tries to make is it's not a panacea right it's right. not it's not a it's not a panacea but i think you're a lot more optimistic about the the economic opportunity it can bring yeah and what i will say is i i agree with the mayor i you know this is not the end all for new bedford you know this isn't like a a saving grace i think you know new bedford's got a lot of great qualities and i think it's uh, there there's a lot of things coming out of new bedford uh, over the last several years that that are great um, but this is a piece of the puzzle, right? This is just another piece of the puzzle. It's another opportunity, and it will bring it will bring commerce. It will bring uh, tourism down to New Bedford. Again, I, I, I spoke earlier about you know I've, I've talked to so many people over the last ten years, um, but I've also talked to people um, that have gone to conventions in Boston. Um, I've I've talked with folks um, that come in for you know, whatever reason, um, sometimes they're only here a couple of days, right? And they won't come down here um, if they have to rent a car, but if they can hop on a rail and come down for a half a day or a day, visit the, uh, you know, the Willie Museum or, or eat Portuguese food here or in Fall River or just take in the culture, they'll, they'll absolutely do that. But they're not going to rent a car and they're not going to drive down Route 24 um, when they're only in town for a couple of days. I do believe this is, you know, this is a good boost of tourism for, for the city. And it's not an end all, but it's an additional piece. So um, I'm going to hold you for one more segment after this break, if you're okay with that. Oh, sure. Okay, okay. great. New Bedford's News Talk Station. So distracted. <laughs> um, so, Paul, we're speaking with Paul Chase of Rail to Boston. Uh, we're talking about the train coming in. Uh, the the vote um, on the uh, it's question five on uh, to, to for New Bedford to become an MBTA ballot uh, question. Uh, Paul is asking um, emphatically that you vote yes. So is Mayor Mitchell. So is I think every uh, elected official in town on record. So am I, frankly, asking you to vote yes on the MBTA ballot ballot question. Um, it makes a lot of sense uh, for New Bedford. It makes a lot of sense for the South Coast uh, for the opportunity that it'll bring. 
one thing people are concerned about is the cost of the actual ticket to get on the train. Sure. Um, and is there any ballpark of what it's going to cost people? Yeah, at this point, they're not uh, they're not talking too much about that. And I think that's got to do with, um, you know, they're still putting final figures together. Plus, they're still trying to figure out the schedule, what, you know, what the final schedule is going to be. Um, but if you take a look at the uh, MBTA commuter rail site now, uh, there are different zones. And uh, an estimate that I could maybe give, again, this is not... You know, this is not from the MBTA. This is just basically looking at the commuter rail zones and, and how it works right now. Cool. You know, probably probably about 15 bucks each way. So $30 round trip is somewhere in the area of what it, what it looks like it would be right now. Okay. Um, which, again, is far less expensive than gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the parking alone in Boston is, is over 30 bucks. So is, Isn't there a... Um Oh yeah, no, thirty. I don't know where you're finding parking in Boston for thirty yeah. bucks either. Um, the the uh, um, sorry. Uh, there's got to be a some type of um, deal you can get with the MBTA so too. There is also a monthly pass. Yeah. Yep. There is a monthly pass, and there's also um, there's also um, discounts for. Um, different people. So uh, I, th- I want to say this is a, a, some type of senior discount. Um, children right now, children 11 and under, do not um, pay at all if they're with a, a, an adult, cool. a paying adult. Um, if they're not with an adult, what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> they should not be on the rail <laughs> at nine. Um, so there's that. Um, there are uh, student, I think there's some student discounts when you purchase cool. through like the, the college campuses, right? Okay. And there are a lot of opportunities for companies, uh, like for instance, my son, my son's company offers him an opportunity where it's a discounted rate if, it's a, if he purchases a monthly pass through the company. Uh, the company discounts his rate, and I'm not sure if that's a deal they have with MBTA or if that's part of the benefit that he gets being with that company. But there's also, I see on the MBTA that they, they do have these types of company discounts as well. So there are a lot of discounts on top of the fact, again, that it's $15 each way. Yeah, sounds pretty good. I mean, if you want to go to Boston for the day, I don't know, go see the Isabella Stewart Garden or something like that or go catch a Red Sox game, that's... Uh, 30 bucks, right, to get up there, which, again, you said, like, price of gas, your time in general, your general happiness of not having to deal with the traffic congestion, that's pretty good. And if you want to go a commute every day, there are all kinds of opportunities to get a discounted rate and and ride up to the T. And weekends are even less expensive. So... After this rail comes, what is the going to be the role or the function of Rail to Boston? Uh, once this happens? Yeah. <laughs> that's. And by the way, when is it going to happen? Uh, so it's still slated to happen this time next year. Yeah. I mean, that they've been talking about this for three years now. And November the time, 23. Yeah, the timeline has continued. The, the budget has continued. Um, and so, you know... One one thing I was going to say earlier when you were talking about how this is uh, kind of coming up for a vote, and it's it's a it's unfortunate that it's coming up for a vote, and 
But at the same time, I look at this as opportunity. There's still so many people I talk to out there that say, this is not going to happen. It's not really happening. Yeah. You, know, you would think with all the construction we're seeing now in the city that, but it's been going no, on I get so callers. All, I've gotten callers yeah. nonstop that say, oh, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Right, I'll believe right. it when I see it. It's the big thing. Yeah. So, you know, having the ballot question, if nothing else, provides us the opportunity to talk about it some more, right? Manifest and, it. And, yeah. You can literally manifest it. You can make it happen. You, you, can, you can manifest it into existence by 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 voting affirmatively in this ballot question right so it's supposed to happen next year so we talked about some of the legislative partners you've had you mentioned rep strauss you mentioned uh governor baker uh you know we talked about some of the municipal partners uh that you've had on this mayor mitchell you just had a chat with um counselor at large shane burgo and uh what about has there throughout the throughout your time uh, is in real to Boston. Has there been any, anybody that's anybody on Beacon Hill or in city governments or uh, that has that has been opposed to the train and why? Uh, you know, there was, I would say, in the beginning, some outside forces, uh, more or less, because everybody's vying for the same transportation dollars. It wasn't so much about you know does real make sense or not. It's hey. I need this for my area. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of tough to vote that kind of chunk of change for your area. So we got more resistance on that than anything else. And then the other thing was when we shifted to uh, the phase one, phase two and the diesel engines versus electrified, you know, there was some that were like, gee, I really wish, you know, we would have gone through with one phase and we all yeah. wish that would have happened, but at the right, same yeah. time, you know, we're trying to balance fisc fiscal right. control and, and uh, still provide opportunity. And I think, you know, what Governor Baker is doing is allowing us to see exactly what kind of demand we're going to have down here in the future. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. And you know what? Um, you talked about Worcester earlier. I had the executive director of transportation from Massachusetts on a couple weeks ago. No, probably about three weeks ago. Uh, and he said he mentioned Worcester as an example of uh, the incredible development they've had since the train has come probably in the early 90s. And mm -hmm. the, the, the economic boon in Worcester has been you know pretty significant. So, um, yeah, no, I, th I think there's it's it's definitely going to bring a lot of opportunity uh, here to the South Coast. And, and you know, we, we hope everybody that votes affirmatively to um, to keep the uh, to 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 make New Bedford an MBTA district. That's ballot question five. You got to vote yes on ballot question five. That's what Paul Chase is asking you to do. That's what Mayor Mitchell's asking you to do. That's what I'm asking you to do uh, in November, on November 8th. Or uh, if you want to vote early or if you want to vote by mail, however you want to vote, do it and vote yes on question five. Paul, um, I appreciate you coming on. I think we've had a lot of important discussion on this, and we'll probably have more important discussions on this in the future. Uh, before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about Rail to Boston, more about the work you're doing? Sure. So we have a website, www.rail2boston.com. It also has a link to the MBTA um, work that's being done because you can you can keep updated on on the uh, MBTA work. We all we're also on Facebook, Rail to Boston. Um, cool. So. You can reach out to us. Uh, we do have lawn signs if someone wants to connect with us uh, on the website. Oh, that's important, actually. So, what, like a yes on five lawn yeah, sign? Yeah, we got yes for rail. Yes for rail? Yes. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, so, if, you know, again, go to realtoboston.com. We have our contact information or reach out to us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you live in New Bedford or Fall River, we can get you a lawn sign. We'll put it up. We'd be happy to do that. Railtoboston.com. You can get a lawn sign. There you go. Let's go support rail. Paul Chase, Rail to Boston. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate Thank you. it. Appreciate it.
Here's what's happening this week on. Hey, welcome back uh, to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow, uh, but um, we've got. So coming up, uh, we have. Uh, so we were get, you're going to have council post game with uh, council president Abreu. I think the city council meeting is running a little bit late. Maybe we can get them later. Um, but in the next hour, uh, we do have. I do want to talk about the debate yesterday. You know, you might have heard me talking about it with on uh, Barry's show with Ken Pittman earlier today. But I want to um, talk about it a little bit more. Um, and then at eight thirty, I'm going to have uh, Democratic Lieutenant Governor nominee. Kim Driscoll. I've had her on the show a couple times. She's the mayor of Salem. She is uh, the lieutenant governor nominee uh, for uh, on that ticket, the Healy Driscoll ticket. And, you know, very likely going to be the next lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth. So uh, she's always good to have on. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk, you know, we'll get a reaction to the debate last night. And, you know, she was recently in New Bedford uh, just last week. So. Uh, over the week or over this last weekend so we'll get her you know we'll get her thoughts on on you know new bedford coming to bedford what it was like and um we'll uh yeah and we'll take your calls uh in the first in the first you know in the next uh, half hour i'll definitely take some calls if you got any opinions on the debate uh or anything else that's really going on and then i do actually have an announcement on a debate here on South Coast tonight, a, another debate that we're going to moderate for another high-profile race at nine o'clock. I'll make that announcement. So uh, stay.